Uh, I'm really privileged to be able to go through this series as we look at the Holy Spirit and breathe. Take the time to listen and expect God to be at work in us and through us for his kingdom. So we're going to be continuing that. Who and how and why, some of those questions, and also some of the specific spiritual gifts that were mentioned in that passage. And, and look at how, what it means for us today as a community, as the Holy Spirit helps us to create a transformed community. What does that look like? Before I jump in, I just want to remind us of a couple of things. First thing is this, uh, there are loads of questions on the blog, which is on our website. So if you are meeting in your groups later on in the week, or even you just want to have a look at them yourself, have a think about it, unpack it further, there's questions on the blog for this Sunday. It's called Transform Community. That's the title of this one. And uh, do go and look at that. Go and ask those questions in your groups. Unpack it further. They're a really, really helpful tool. But let's go back to the passage. So verse 3 of the passage, that was, it starts with, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you. Verse 6 then says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So is the grace given to me, grace given to each of us. Uh, we could very easily say, well, the subject of all of this is me and us. It's all about us. But who is it really about? Well, I actually think it's about the grace giver. And who it is who's giving that grace. Judy mentioned the word charismata last week. That's the Greek word for gifts. It actually means grace gifts. And, and this is what Paul, the writer of this book, is trying to say. That uh, uh, we have heard over the past few weeks, these gifts are really special. But these gifts are not achieved by merit. They're not won in competition. Uh, we haven't done anything to be rewarded them. They are gifts given to us. And you didn't manifest the spiritual gifts yourself. They're just from this incredible God that we have. When we make the choice to follow Jesus, we are given the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts as well. And there is no room for boasting. At no point should these gifts make us go, wow, isn't he special? Or wow, look at what she can do. I wish I could do that. They should point us to a God and make us go, wow. Isn't God an incredibly generous God that he would bless his children with these gifts? Verse 3, it says, Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Because actually, it's not about you or me. It is about God. And the spiritual gifts should help us to remind us of that as well. So that's who it's all about. But how do we actually use these gifts? The past few weeks we've been looking at that. Judy set it up brilliantly last week. There's a passage on the screen there. It's verse uh, 4 to 6. talks about one body with many members. Okay, so there's that metaphor that is used quite often in the Bible. The church being one body with loads of different members. That's what we are here as well. And Judy kind of set that up and said, you know, everyone has a role to play. And the diversity of people that we have in this community brings a diversity of gifts as well. What would be the point in us all having the same gifts? <laughs> it just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't work. It'd be a little bit pointless. Personally, I'm, I'm a big fan of X-Men, the uh, mutant superheroes from the Marvel Universe. Uh, you might have heard of them or read the comic books when you were younger or seen the films. I love it. I lo I've loved it all, you know, since I was young. And when I was younger, I used to love just scrolling online for ages and ages, reading about the different superpowers that these characters had. And, and what I loved the most was when they would go out on, in teams, they would go on these missions as, as a team, and each of them would have a part to play. 
even though it felt like some of them had maybe stronger powers or their powers were cooler or maybe more useful, uh, there would have been some point on that mission that every single one of them had something to bring and they were vital for, for completing that mission. And I love that. And sometimes I feel like as a church, we are a little bit like that as well. What I'm saying is we are the X-Men. <laughs> Maybe not really, but, but we all have something to contribute. We have something that is vital for the completing of the mission of our church. And I know that for me personally, I certainly have some spiritual gifts, but I also know that I definitely don't have other ones. I'm open to having them because all the spiritual gifts are good gifts. But actually, I also understand and appreciate that God has set up this system to where I can't do anything or everything on my own. I need people around me to pick up the slack of the things I'm missing or the things I can't do myself. It's so important because we don't operate as humans in isolation. We, we, we operate and we function in community. We cannot action or exercise our own gifts on our own or by ourselves. We have to think corporately, not just individually. And as difficult as it might be, we have to rely on other people in order to contribute for all those places that we falter or we have weaknesses. Theologian Simon Ponsonby says this, I really like it. He says, Paul here in this passage does not suggest a hierarchy of gifts, even though our pride often pushes for one. We must resist this. The gifts are given to complement one another, never to compete. That's a really helpful reminder when we look at the different gifts in a moment. But why? Why do we have spiritual gifts? Like, what's the point of it? Well, again, it's been unpacked in previous weeks, but the Bible is super clear that all the spiritual gifts are for building up the church and furthering God's kingdom. There's a bunch of passages in the New Testament. There's some in 1 Corinthians, some in Ephesians uh, that looks at this. This is one of the ones in 1 Corinthians. It talks about building up the church so that the church may be built up. Actually, in the New Testament, there are over 20 different spiritual gifts mentioned, uh, and the passage that we read from Romans today only mentions seven. And today in my talk, I'm only going to mention three because that's enough. That's, I thought that was enough for me to kind of give a good amount of time to. But we've got ones that are mentioned in the passage about giving and prophesying. Those are going to be unpacked in the weeks to come, and I think that's going to be really, really helpful because I know lots of us have, have questions about those and things that we want to know more about. So that should be brilliant. The ones I'm going to look at today, though, are the gift of serving, the gift of teaching, and the gift of encouraging. So let's jump straight to that, the gift of serving. Verse 7, if it is serving, then serve. When I first encountered this verse, uh, I thought, gosh, that's a little confusing because surely as church, everyone is meant to serve. We're all part of this church family. We all muck in. We all get involved. There's not, well, we can't kind of say, well, I haven't got the gift of serving, so I'll leave the dishes and stacking chairs to someone else. That's just not how it works. You know, we, we all get involved and we all contribute and, and make sure that things happen. No one here is just a consumer. But looking deeper at the Greek word that this was originally written in, it's actually the word diakonia, which is a noun that was used 32 times in the New Testament. And it can be translated to service, ministry, relief, or support, depending on the context in which it was used. It's also sometimes known as the gift of helps. It's used when people are involved in organizing and providing for material and practical needs of the church, serving food, covering bills, 
organizing fundraisers for famine relief, as we see in the book of Acts, making practical preparations for church gatherings and other ways as well. Now, the gift of serving is in many ways an unseen role. It's different to the gift of hospitality, for example, which is more of a kind of hosting and welcoming role. The gift of serving is one that just gets on behind the scenes and helps to allow other people in different roles function better and facilitate better. Let's imagine that uh, there's a theater production or you're going to see a show. It's very likely that you going to that, you will only see the people on the stage who are performing. Maybe you will have seen the front of house. Maybe you will have seen ushers kind of guiding you to your seat. But you won't have seen the people backstage, the stage crew, the people who are operating the lights or doing the sound, the people who built the set. You won't have seen any of those people. And yet, all of those people would have been vital and necessary for this show to take place. And it's the same for the church. And I'm not talking about church on a Sunday. I'm, I, I know that this is a service, but church, when I say church, I'm talking about everything that happens through the week. It doesn't stop here. Church happens on a Monday, on a Tuesday, and in all the different ways that we meet in groups and carry out different ministries and stuff throughout our city and through our communities. Church couldn't happen if people didn't exercise their spiritual gifts in serving. It's a really vital one. What I enjoy about this as well is I can instantly think of people who have this gift and they exercise it really well. Um, you can probably hear or it, and maybe even smell. There's some nice smells coming from the kitchen over there. Um, it's the open lunch team. They are preparing for a lunch. And they're a really perfect example of the gift, spiritual gift of serving. Because twice a month, they buy the food, they prepare the food, and they serve it to people really well. And for some people, that's going to be their only hot meal of the weekend. And I think it's just a brilliant example of service and it, because it provides for a practical need. And if we're thinking about, okay, so these gifts are for building up the church. Well, how does it do that? Well, it brings people into this building. It provides for their practical needs, feeds them, and brings them into community and helps them to encounter the love of Jesus as well. I think it's brilliant. But I'm sure, sure you yourself can think of some other examples as well of people in your life who you go, I reckon they've got the gift of serving. So if your gift is serving, then serve. The gift of teaching. If it is teaching, then teach. So the Greek word for this is quite fun to say. It's didaskalos. quite like saying that. I want to make it clear that just because someone is a teacher by profession, that does not necessarily mean that they have the spiritual gift of teaching and vice versa. If someone isn't a teacher by profession, they very well could have the spiritual gift of teaching. Because the gift of teaching is about teaching the word of God in an accessible and inspirational way. It is a gift that enables someone to effectively communicate truths about the Bible to others. And this one, once again, is so crucial because our entire faith, Christianity, is based upon this book, the Bible. And we need to get this stuff right. We need to learn about it well. And we need to have gifted teachers in our lives to help us unpack and address the word that was written. So a pretty crucial one. When I came to the UK, I uh, did a gap year with Riverside Academy here. That was 10 years ago. I can't believe that. Ten years. Ten years. Wow. Um, ten years ago, we did discipleship and we had teaching uh, that was invested into us as a team. And there are certain biblical teachings and ideas that I can still remember to this day because of how impactful and 
influential that teaching was. And it was a massive part of my spiritual formation. And it's actually part of the reason why I'm here today working for Riverside Church, speaking to you all as well. And so I'm really thankful for that. But some really, really great teachers that I had. You might have the misconception that the spiritual gift of teaching can only be exercised while, whilst preaching in a larger Sunday gathering. But as I said before, the spiritual gifts aren't to be put on a pedestal. Uh, and if you think, well, unless I'm preaching at the front of church, then my gift's not being exercised, well, that's a lie. Because yes, Jesus did teach in front of big crowds, but he actually also went and, and spoke and taught with smaller groups. And he did it over shared meals. And he taught uh, some of his most powerful teachings with just his disciples. So you can be using these gifts in your homes, in your streets, running alpha courses in your workplace. If these things are building up the church as well, then by all means. We are also a church of several hundred people. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be quite a number of people who do have the gift of teaching. And it wouldn't really work for us all to, to have every single one of them come up and teach every week because that just, we wouldn't have enough time to do that. But perhaps there's an opportunity to take that gift of teaching and use that in your groups to really help to analyze, unpack the Bible and help others go through the word a little bit better. Or maybe you want to take that gift in children's groups, youth groups, and help them to grow and learn as well. We saw incredible testimony in the videos, thank yous to Melody, about how our children are learning about God's word and learning what it means to be a disciple and a Christian and to follow Jesus. And they are getting some incredible teaching. We have some gifted, real gifted teachers in our children's and youth teams already that are using storytelling and activities to really build them up. And as it's been said, we will see these foundations that have been laid and the blessings to come of that as, as we move forward, the, how it's going to multiply and grow in our church. Brilliant, brilliant, wonderful gift. So if your gift is teaching, then teach. Last one, encouragement. If your gift is, encourage, if your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. What we're talking about here with encouragement is not just a, hey, oh, I really like your jumper, it really suits you, or um, I think you did a great job. It's not just that. Let's look at the Greek word once again. So this word is paraklesis, which is defined as a calling to someone's aid or to stand by their side. It's also sometimes written as the word exhortation in some translations, and that involves stirring someone up to live out the truth of the gospel. Actually, if you break down the word encourage, it is to put courage in someone. Encourage. Come on. You can do this. If you're feeling weak or like you can't stand on your own or like you're going to give in to temptation, it's someone coming in beside you and going, you've got this. God is with you. God is your strength and your shield, as it says in the Psalms. You're not walking in this alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. You can do this. We can do this. And other biblical truths as well. And I think we all know that there are going to be ups and downs in life. That's just a reality. There are good times and there are bad times. We need those people in our lives and we need those people in our church to get in beside us and go, guys, we can do this. This is what the Bible said. This is what God says. These are truths. Let's keep going even if we feel like, I can't do it anymore, let's keep going. 
because God is with us. We need those people helping us, getting in beside us, helping us walk a path of righteousness. And maybe that is you. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. A little bit of my cultural upbringing, when people are competing in a race or if they just need that extra little bit of oomph to keep going, in Cantonese we would say, or in Mandarin it's which actually literally means add oil. So that's what you would cheer. You would cheer, add oil, add oil. Fun fact for you, uh, the term, the Chinglish term, add oil, uh, was added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2018. So we can all start using that in our regular vocabulary. I quite like it. Add some oil to your engines. Come on. Or maybe it's add some oil to your lamps, as we see in a, a familiar parable in the, in the book of Matthew. This idea, you got this. You can do this. These are things that we can do in our groups or with the people that we pray with, we can encourage. We've actually got a Riverside men's evening coming up uh, this coming Saturday on the 5th of March. And there's still spaces, by the way. If you're a man within Riverside, you should have received an email about it. Come and chat to me if you have any questions. We'd love to see you there because it's going to be a really fantastic evening of having food together, having fellowship, uh, but also chatting about some of the challenges that we're facing and getting beside one another and saying, we can do this. You can do this. You are not alone. We're going to do this side by side, spurring each other on. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be a great, a great time. If your gift is to encourage, then give encouragement. But how do we see all these things practically in our community? As we said, a transformed community. How does, that, how does it actually get lived out? So the ones we mentioned were serving and teaching and encouragement. And you can probably tell that all of these ones have to be done for others. You serve other people. You teach other people and you encourage others as well. And there is a joy in using our spiritual gifts for the sake of others and the sake of the community and this family as we have here for gathered worship. One of the main things that the writer of the book of Romans, Paul, he's trying to emphasize throughout the book is this need to be transformed in mind by the Spirit so as to live in unity as God's people now. One body. And the spiritual gifts help us to do that. The last thing I want to say just before I wrap this up is that we need to be practicing our gifts. Even when someone has a natural ability or they have something that they're really good at just because, they still need to practice. They've got to develop. They've got to, they've got to spend time and effort and work on it and hone that skill and sharpen it. They can't just sit on it or, or kind of expect to be amazing at it. They do need to put the work in. And that's the same for us. We need to put the work in with these gifts. We need to practice them. We need to exercise them. Use them to honor God. Don't just sit on them and hide them away. Judy got us last week to pray that God would reveal what our spiritual gift was, what are the gifts that he's given to us. And if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, or maybe this is all very new to you, and you're kind of going, oh, I don't know, then, then do speak to someone who's close to you, uh, maybe a group leader or um, a mentor or someone like that, uh, and they can help you unpack that. But I'd also like to say, if, you, if there's someone who's close to you, and today you're going, I reckon they have got the gift of encouragement or I am 100% sure that they've got the gift of teaching. Please go and tell them. It's a really, really helpful thing to have your spiritual gifts affirmed and kind of confirmed uh, when someone speaks that truth over you. 
And as it's already been said, we're going to take a little bit more time tonight in, in our worship and prayer gathering, just spending time waiting on God, praying for the situation in Ukraine, and also just being expectant. So if, if you want to take more time to do that, please do join us. It's also available on Zoom. It'd be fantastic to see you there. This week, I felt like it was really right when we were looking at, you know, thinking about, okay, putting these gifts into practice, exercising them. What does that look like? I felt like it was right for our prayer to be one of going, God, give us the opportunities this week to use our gifts, to use our spiritual gifts. What's one way I can practice my spiritual gift this week? I sometimes find that when I pray those kinds of prayers with God, when I ask God, show me like one thing I can do this week or give me an opportunity, present one to me, uh, he often answers them. And then when it comes, I go, oh, you actually did it. Okay, now I've got to follow through. (laughs) He's a faithful God in that way. God, what are the opportunities this week that we can use our spiritual gifts? Let that be our prayer.